Today, we speak with homeopath Anjum Ramatula, who lives in Edinburgh, Scotland, where she has been for over 30 years. She has been in practice for over 20 years and has really enjoyed the privilege of seeing many children walk through her clinic doors. She has three children herself, who obviously grew up with a homeopath mother, so homeopathy has been used a lot in their household. Anjum has agreed to come on the podcast to give our listeners some actionable information on remedies they can use to treat their children themselves acutely for various ear, nose and throat complaints. So I hope you find today's episode helpful and please consider getting some of these remedies to keep on hand just in case your child comes down with any ear, nose or throat complaints. For those listeners in Australia, feel free to check out my website, eugeniekruger.com, because you'll find all of the remedies mentioned on there. Also, be sure to check out Anjum's website, Aram Homeopathy, if you wish to make a booking with her as she sees clients online all around the world. The links for her website will be in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we get to hang out with lovely homeopath Anjum Ramatula, who I was told lovely things by, by the two homeopaths I work with. So welcome, Anjum. It's lovely to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Jeannie. What a privilege to be able to come on your podcast. I'm oh. I'm thrilled and terrified in equal measure. <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> well, I've had 54 more episodes than you to trade for it. So my nerves are starting to go a little bit now. I just enjoy hanging out with all these amazing people, including you. So it's lovely to have you on today. Thank now, you. can you tell us, Anjum, and I hope I'm saying that right? Uh-huh, you are. Can you tell us how you first got into homeopathy? How were you introduced? Okay, well, it's a little bit of a story. So I'm originally from Pakistan and I came to England to go to university and then I got married and stayed on in England. I was 26 and I was driving to work and I had a car accident. I was in a sandwich and I went into the steering wheel of my car. So when I say I went, my face came forward mm-hmm. and I went, you know, it, it hit my teeth. It was a split second. There was no pain. I was very lucky when the car stopped. Somebody opened my door. It happened to be a dentist. And he saw that actually, I, because of the intensity of the accident, my jaw had gone backwards. And he asked me if he could move it forward. I was in a state of shock. I had no idea what he was doing. He moved my jaw forward, sent off to hospital. They said, go and see your dentist, because clearly there was they couldn't see anything that they could do. My dentist said that the guy who did this to you has saved your mouth, but your mouth and your jaw will always be very weak. And I don't know what the state of your teeth would be like. Anyway, he did what he could. He took out the debris from my gums and I wasn't in any pain, thankfully. And eventually the swelling went down. And then I went off to India for six months to spend time for various reasons. And my husband's father, my father-in-law was a homeopath and actually not a a professional homeopath. There are lots of people in India who study homeopathy and just use it. And so he gave me something. I had no idea at the time what it was. I came back six months later. I went to see my dentist and he was amazed at the state of my teeth. He said, wow, your teeth are really you know, much stronger than I thought they would be. And and, and at that point, I thought, oh, that's interesting. 
didn't think anything of it until much later when I started having children. And then health became a big issue for me. And I, I was then looking into homeopathy. And then I started studying homeopathy after that. Mm. And it's only in retrospect, I look back and I think that remedy must have been Arnica. Mm. There couldn't have been any other remedy. Mm. And it has really stood me in great stead. How amazing. That's so cool. Now, Anjum, you have a bit of a special interest in ear, nose and throat problems, right? And you have to tell me about the study that you've got going because I had a little pry around your website. I also noticed you have a free ebook there for people for remedies for travel, which is great because I think more people are going to be op- doing that as the borders are opening. But can you tell me why the special interest in ENT and about the study? So ENT is something that is more of a recent interest, but it does have a history because my older daughter, when she was very young, had glue ear mm. and had to have grommets. Um, Mm. put in. So I'm very aware as a parent how troubling that was. It wasn't something that I particularly wanted, but the alternatives were not very clear. Mm. So, and I myself have have suffered from a lot of tonsillitis when I was younger. I guess this was an area that I felt drawn to. And I've seen that there are a lot of kids in particular who have swollen tonsils, Mm. uh, get recurrent infections, swollen adenoids. And then of course, everyone gets colds and coughs. So so having remedies that you're familiar with that can help you in acute situations mm-hmm. is really, really useful. But my study is specific to recurrent infections. And what do we do to raise the health of people so that they are less susceptible to, to recurrent infections? So that's really what I'm trying to do. And it's very specific to the ear, nose and throat area. And are you still taking people on for the study? Oh, I I am. Yes, it's ongoing study. Mm. It is. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. So you are the second person in our in our podcast series where I put the call out to professional homeopaths saying, "Hey guys, who's going to be brave? Put your hand up and come and do a podcast episode on a specific topic." And I was so glad when you got in touch and put your hand up for ENC because you know so many kids have their adenoids removed and their tonsils and the grommets and having that general anesthetic on the body. The whole hospital experience can be so traumatic for a child. And this is an area area homeopathy shines in, but you need to bring your child to us early enough. Just this week, I had an email from a mom saying, my child is booked in to have their tonsils removed next month. Can you help? I'm like, no, you need to have come and seen me six months ago and you would have been able to cancel the surgery. I mean, if you can put the surgery ahead six months time, I could almost promise you, you won't need to have it, but there's not too much we can do in a month. I can help your child recover from the surgery afterwards, but there's not too much we can do now. So please listeners, if you're listening to this, get your child to a homeopath early for any sort of ear, nose and throat stuff. We can do incredible things. And now Anjum, I'm going to leave the floor to you because you're going to tell us about some remedies that parents can use acutely at home. But I want to put a big caveat on this. Anjum is going to give you some remedies for home use. But if you're not having any luck within a month or two, go and see a professional homeopath because this is an area that homeopaths shine in. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. You're so right. Homeopathy can help hugely with ear, nose and throat problems, in particular with tonsils that are enlarged, with adenoids that are enlarged. Those Mm. are the two big things that I've seen are such a worry and you need time. Doing something very quickly for issues like that is unrealistic. So mums and dads out there, if it is a concern for you, 
go and see a homeopath and see what they can offer you mm. um, and give yourself a little bit of time. Absolutely. For sure. So, Anjum, okay. the floor is yours. <laughs> where would you like okay. to start? <laughs> so, where should I start? I thought that perhaps I would start with a few remedies for snuffles in mm. babies. So, Beautiful. starting right from when babies are very little and if they get colds, one of the things as a parent, you get so worried about, is my baby able to breathe okay with all the gunk that's in the nose? So here are some remedies that would be really useful. They may not be very familiar to you, but they will be available. Mm. So one is a remedy called ammonium carb, and it's a small remedy. Most people probably wouldn't have heard about it. And it's for babies, obviously, who have snuffles and the nose is blocked at night with, with a head cold. Nothing special, just your normal, ordinary run-of-the-mill cold. So that's one remedy. And another one, very similar sort of thing, is Sambucus, where the nose is blocked. It tends to be quite dry and the baby has to let go of the nipple. Otherwise, they can't breathe. So those are two, what I would call small remedies, very specific mm -hmm. And Sambucus is the remedy that's made from elderberry. It's a wonderful remedy for um, the immune system, obviously, but I think mucous membranes in general, Sambucus is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And then the two other remedies I thought I would mention, much bigger remedies, uh, much more familiar, I think, to, to listeners would be Nux Vomica, which you can use for all kinds of things, but you can also use for snuffles and babies. And Lycopodium, you, you would need to read a little about them to find out when exactly the symptoms are worse because looking at what we call the modalities of a remedy is really important. It helps you to differentiate between remedies. If we didn't have what makes you feel better and what makes you feel worse, we really couldn't do our job properly. So for people who are new to homeopathy, I would really encourage you to, and on that learning pro, in that learning process, what makes the patient feel better and what makes the patient feel worse is important information to get. You yeah, know, just keep that's going. My, that's, those are my going. nose remedies. I was going to say, I'm too scared I'll get it wrong, but Nux Vomica is runny in the day, stuffy at night, or is it other way around? I think you're right. Runny during the day and stuffy at night. Okay, yeah, cool. I also can get, get it mixed up. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the throat. Tonsillitis is such a big issue, isn't it? Mm. So um, I thought I would mention a few remedies. I mean, there are tons and tons of remedies. So many. This uh, is just a taster. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that come under the umbrella of tonsillitis. And this brings me to say something quite important that, you know, we're talking about conditions like tonsillitis, but we're not actually treating the tonsillitis. And, and this is probably quite a difficult thing for people to get their heads around because when they come to homeopath, they will say, you know, I'm suffering from blah, mm -hmm. arthritis or whatever. But actually what we're treating is the person and we're always looking for any kind of symptoms that makes that person different mm -hmm. from anyone else. So whilst I'm saying here are some remedies for tonsillitis, what I'm actually meaning is we're, we're looking for help homeopathic help for the symptoms, which are reflection of the person who's got mm. the symptoms. Mm. I hope beautiful, that makes sense. Yeah, beautiful differentiation. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so the remedies I'm going to start off with, Yeah, there is Kalimur, which is a, a small remedy. It has an affinity for the ears and for the throat. And what do I mean by that? It tends to 
be used for throat issues or for ear issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep this really simple. The the kind of symptoms that you would look for in Kalimur is characterized by whiteness, Mm -hmm. white discharges. So whether they're discharges from the nose or whether it's phlegm from your throat or whether you're looking at the tonsils and you're seeing that they're white patches there. Okay, so white, white, white. Mm-hmm. And Calimur is also a tissue salt, so it'll be really easy for people to get hold of um, because most pharmacies will, even if they don't stock homeopathics, they might have tissue salts. So I know in the UK it's more easily available, not so much here in Australia, but yeah, Calimur is easily easily found as a tissue yeah, salt. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Thank mm. you for saying that. My next remedy is a big remedy. It's called Mercurius. It's a big remedy for, I would say, tonsillitis. And again, what you need to remember with Mercurius is smell, smell, smell. Mm. So the discharges, so if it's the breath, you would be able to smell the breath. You might be able to smell the sweat if the person has fever. Mm. If there's catarrh, it'll be uh, smelly as well. And in, in Mercurius, you will find that the patient is sweating profusely and they probably drew a lot and they might have a kind of a metallic taste in their mouth. Now, with children, it can be difficult because depending on their age, they may not be able to tell you what it is that they're feeling. So the younger the child, the more your observation skills are important. Mm. So you as a parent or carer would have to observe what has changed in the child. And for an acute situation, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for changes from normal. Mm. So coming back to the tonsils in Mercurius, the tonsils would be swollen. They can be bluish red. person will find swallowing quite difficult. the right side tends to get affected more and your child might complain that the pain in the throat is burning Mm. and smarting. If the ears are affected, you'll find that they might have a yellowish discharge Mm. with with blood streaks in them. And probably smelly. Um, Even the ears can be smelly, hey? Smell, smell, smell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the interesting thing about Mercurius is that it's part of a family of remedies. So it has siblings and some of the siblings are very specific. The the names of the Mercurius remedies are quite long um, and complicated. So I'm not sure whether that's something that is yeah, useful no, that's to fine. talk Just a, about. A few episodes ago, actually, Helen Kennedy mentioned about Mercurius Corusivus, which was really specific for blood in the stool. So I'm glad that you mentioned about the family of remedies, because when you were saying Mercurius, I was going to wait if you see Mercurius Solubilis or Mercsol, as we call it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, Merc- the, the Mercurius that I was talking about is mm. Mercsol, mm. but I'm going to mention two other Mercs. One is Merc. IF, which stands for iodatum flavus, and it tends to be a remedy for when symptoms start on the right-hand side and go to the left. Mm. And the other one is Merck IR or iodatus rubus, which is where symptoms start on the left and move to the right. Now, this is really quite useful because oftentimes when people have tonsillitis, they say, no, no, my pain starts on one side and it's either left-sided or right-sided. And knowing those sides is really important because if if you can find a remedy that matches that, bingo, you're doing really well. So be on the lookout for where the pain is, what the location of the pain is. Is it central or is has it got a side to it? And does it move from one side to the other? Because that is really, really useful information. And I just want to add in there, if you're taking your child to the doctor, 
ask lots of questions. If the doctor is checking the ears, ask them to see what is it? Is it dry on the inside? What is the color on the inside? Is the eardrum perforated? If it's checking the tonsils, ask the doctor, is it on the left-hand side? Is it on the right-hand side? Can you see pus on, uh, in there? So ask lots and lots of questions because one of the only times my son has ever been to the doctor in his 10 years of life, he was about 18 months or so. And we went to the doctor and it was great because they've got all the diagnostic tools there. They checked my son's throat and they said, there's just all these white spots there and they were going to give him antibiotics, but I gave him Merck Sol. Three doses, throat's better. Amazing. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Get as much information as you can. And when, if and when you go and see a doctor, mm. use their, their skills to give you the information that you may not have, because it's all very, very, very useful. As far as throat is concerned, other remedies are there's a remedy called Hepasulf, and Hepasulf is a good remedy for when pus is involved. So your ton the tonsils can be very pussy, and it can be quite easy to pick up somebody who needs Hepasulf because they'll be very, very chilly. They'll really feel the cold intensely, so intensely that if their arm sticks out of the bed from under a duvet, they, they will feel that intensely mm -hmm. as well. And the pains can be very intense and sharp and prickly. Mm -hmm. So Hepasulf is one. Lachesis is another one. And Lachesis is a remedy for, you know, lots of issues with the throat, but you will tend to find that the symptoms run from left to right. Mm. Uh, again, that's very, very characteristic. Mm -hmm. Lachesis is made from the Bushmaster snake. And uh, it's a remedy that I always say to the families in Perth, in Australia, to have on hand for snake bites. And I was chatting with somebody on the podcast the other day, and they actually used Lachesis successfully on a snake bite for themselves because I had read lots of cases of Lachesis being used for snake bites in animals, but not on humans. And this homeopath had done it themselves. So I I thought that was very interesting, but lachesis is so good for left side of sore throat. Yeah. I didn't know about using it for snake bites. Uh, yeah. Well, you're I not in Australia, so you probably don't have no, to worry about exactly. that. <laughs> it's one of the first Quite things I right. learned when I came over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I haven't mentioned some of the big remedies, and I think that's really useful. And maybe in the context of ear pain, I'll do that. So moving on mm. to ears. Uh, which should have been first, but it's now last. No, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> We're just loving, I'm just loving all the knowledge. doesn't matter what part of the body it's on. <laughs> so chamomilla, big mm. children's remedy, isn't it? Uh, you can use it for so many things, including when a child is unwell and you think, oh my goodness, I think maybe they're pulling their ear and maybe the ear is, is giving them problems. But the this remedy is usually prescribed on the basis of how a child is behaving and if a child is in pain. So when a child needs chamomilla, they are going to be angry, they're going to be inconsolable, and they're going to be contrary, and they're wanting to be held. Just yesterday, I was seeing um, somebody for an acute for their nine-month-old child. It sounded very pulsatilla-like. She wanted to be held. And I said, oh, I would suggest pulsatilla. And she said, oh, I've already given her pulsatilla. That hasn't helped. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Okay, so I obviously need to dig a little bit more. So I said, tell me more about how she is. And she said, oh, when I put her down, she becomes really grumpy. And I said, describe to me what she does. What do you mean by grumpy? And mm. she said, oh, you give her something that she wants and she'll just throw it across the room. <laughs> and I thought, right, okay, I know what she needs. Yeah. Okay. This, this is chamomilla right down to the T. Okay. Mm. And when you think your child wants something and, and then they change their mind, 
Mm. That contrariness is very much a, a, a characteristic of chamomilla. So if the ear is hurting, if there is pain, if your teeth are hurting because of teething, that's when you think of, of chamomilla. The other big remedy, of course, for ear pain is pulsatilla. And I remember giving it to one of my kids when they were little and they had an ear pain. And I didn't know very much about homeopathy at that point. How do you know when they need pulsatilla? Because the child is clingy and uh, whiny and they don't want to let go of you. And that is a big clue to the remedy. Pulsatilla is also known to be very changeable. So mm -hmm. if there is pain in the ear and it moves from one side to the other, and you think, hang on a minute, what's going on? I can't make sense of this. That is why, because the changeability mm. is a characteristic of pulsatilla and they are feel they feel worse in, in a hot, stuffy room and they feel mm. much better for fresh air. Mm. So that's also something to, to bear in mind. I mean, for ear pain, I've mentioned hepasulf in the context of the throat, but you can also use it for the pain in the ear and Kalimur as well. So those are a few of the remedies that I thought I would mention. I can mm. mention more if you like. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a remedy called Burrita Car. Now, this is probably not a remedy a lot of homeopaths would think of, but for the throat, it can be a really useful remedy. The throat can be raw and, and inflamed. The pains are burning and smarting, and there's a lot of pus. Again, this is a remedy where a lot of pus is involved, mm -hmm. increased salivation and drooling, and the person can only swallow liquids. There can also be a lot of glandular swelling. So tonsillitis is usually accompanied, oh, I see a lot of it. I don't know if it's usual, but there's mm. a lot of swelling in the glands around the throat, mm. um, not just in the tonsils, but the, the cervical glands. And so burrito carb is certainly a remedy to think of in that context. That's definitely been one of my top ones for chronically enlarged tonsils as well. Burrito carb yeah. has been beautiful for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What else? Something really strange that we call a strange rare and peculiar is that the person might say that they have a sensation of smoke in the nose, which I thought you wouldn't really find. And I don't know if a child would necessarily mention that, but mm. who knows? You yeah. know, that's that. And if they did, then you would really want to think of, of a remedy like burrito carb. Mm. So what else? Silica. Silica is a great remedy for recurrent infections. Mm. And it's one of those remedies that you can use both as an acute as well at a, as at a deeper level to try and encourage immunity to increase. I've certainly used that for whatever the recurrent infection happens to be, if it's tonsillitis or ear infections or just recurrent colds and coughs mm. even. So these are some of the acute remedies. But as you mentioned previously, I think it's really important to recognize that these acute remedies will help you with the symptoms of an acute, but it doesn't stop the symptom from coming back mm. necessarily. If you want to do that, then you need to look at a deeper level and treat the person as we call constitutionally, and that is a different process from treating acutely. It looks at a much bigger picture. It also takes time. We expect acutes to clear up quite quickly with good remedies. And when I say quite quickly, it can be 24 to 48 hours, but it could take a little bit longer as well, depending on the severity of the symptoms. But once 
your acutes are over and if you feel that you have a recurrence of these things, then consider seeing a homeopath who will then look at the bigger picture of the child. Now, what do I mean by the bigger picture? I mean, looking at the health history, family history as well is quite important because of what you might inherit. Looking at maybe the living circumstances, the houses that you live in, is there mold? And then looking at the kind of person that somebody is. And children grow all the time. So what you might uh, prescribe when they're three or four isn't necessarily what you would prescribe when they're 10 or 12. And that's the beauty of homeopathy is because you can take that whole process into account. How did this start? How did it develop? And how is the child growing? And what you're doing with constitutional treatment is you are building up their immunity. You're building up their resilience and you're making them stronger so that the way I look at it is, so this is an analogy that I use quite a lot. We all have weaknesses and it's like a fault line that runs through us. And when we are under stress, that fault line tends to separate just mm -hmm. as it would if there was an earthquake. Mm -hmm. And what a homeopathic remedy or ho remedies will do is it brings the fault line back together again. The line is always there, but if you're able to make it stronger so that when you're under stress again, it doesn't fall apart and you make yourself or your child a lot stronger for the future. And I think that's what I see homeopathic remedies doing. They're building that fault line. They're they're bringing it together. They're making it stronger. And we're human beings. We will always get ill. And sometimes it is the body's way of saying to us, okay, you need to slow down. You really need to stop because mm. for whatever reason, you're not looking after yourself. You need to give yourself time to recuperate and get mm. well again. So I don't think that getting ill per se is necessarily a bad thing. But if you get ill on a regular basis and very often, then that's a reflection that there's something going on that needs to be addressed um, at a deeper level. I completely agree. So Anjum, how can people get hold of you and how can they get hold of your free ebook? And uh, if they're interested in a bit more about the ENT study or seeing you for a consultation, how do they get hold of you? So they can go to my website. I will say it. I'm not sure how easy it will be for listeners. That's to, okay. I'll pop um, it in the show notes too. <laughs> okay. So my website is aramhomeopathy.co.uk. And when you go there, there's a, you know, you can go to the ENT study if that's something that you want to read about. And I also have the ebook, as you mentioned, which is on remedies for traveling. And it's very simple. It's quite basic, but it gives you ideas of what you might want to use in a kit. Mm -hmm. And every family is going to be different. What my family needed is going to be different from what somebody else's family needs. So it gives you an opportunity to build your own kit if you don't have one already or mm -hmm. add to your kit if you already have one. And what does ARA mean? ARA means gentleness. And I thought that was very appropriate to homeopathy and how it aims to treat people with, mm -hmm. with gentleness. Beautiful. And just for a little bit of fun at the end, what are your three favorite homeopathic remedies and why? I have to say that Hanukkah is probably my favorite remedy mm. because it was my the very first remedy that was given to me yeah. uh, by my father-in-law and it brought me such a long way and it's something that you can, especially if you have children who play sport, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then um, keeping it in the house is the best thing you can do. What else? For me in particular, I think when I get ill, 
Arsenicum really works well for me. It works well for my husband as well. So that's probably a good remedy that I would need to keep. There are so many remedies. I would go for Hypercal. So ah, now that's a combination. I love Hypercal. Of, yeah. Yeah. I love Hypercal. It is mm-hmm. a combination of Hypericum and Calendula. Mm-hmm. And it is great for grazes and wounds. Mm-hmm. So not just grazes and wounds, actually washing your mouth. If, if you have a mouth ulcer, it's such a healing combination. Mm-hmm. And you can get it in a tincture, mm-hmm. which we have. You can get it as a cream. You can actually use it orally, taking the pillules um, if you need it to. Those are my top three. Nobody has mentioned Hypercal on the podcast yet. And oh. I have been using Hypercal for 10 years. It is so amazing. We Love just diluted in a bit of water. It is like magic how it heals wounds. And I think my listeners are really going to get sick of me now because I, <laughs> it feels like every episode I've mentioned about the appendicitis that I had and the operation I had. But it, like I said, it's only because I haven't been to a doctor in 14 years. This was the first time in 14 years. So it's the only story I have to tell. So I'm like getting my money's worth out of it. But when they had to, because they had to clean out my abdomen and there was a drain in for a few days. So once they took the drain out and they closed it up, the wound was open and uh, it, it did get a little bit yellowy and a bit disgusting. And I was not stressed for one second because I had hypercal and it just cleared it up so quickly. I love hypercal. And like you said, Cleaning yeah. your mouth with Hypercal if, for, if you've had a tooth extraction, it's just incredible for that. So good for animals, you know, if they get any sort of infections or cuts. It's, it's amazing. an amazing combination. It really is. I have to say this for any mums about to give birth. Hypercal saved me after my two vaginal births. So I used about 10 to 20 drops in a quarter cup of water and I put a menstrual pad in it. And then after giving birth, I sat on the toilet and I held this pad on my genital area. Sorry, listeners, but... If you're about to give birth, this is something you're going to want to know. And I just sat there on the toilet with this hypercal pad as long as I could, minimum 10 minutes, just sit there and just let that hypercal soak the area and you will be completely healed in a couple of days. It's so good. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Anjum, for mentioning hypercal mother tincture because, oh my God, that stuff's good. <laughs> I, I think Hypercal deserves a lot more recognition it does. Um, than it gets. It really, yeah. does. Yeah. it really does. Yeah. Oh, it was super fun chatting with you today. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm going to go check out your little ebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for putting the call out. And it really did take me out of my comfort zone. I thought, oh. should I? Should I? Should I? Shouldn't <laughs> I? But I, I just went for it. <laughs> you can't tell. You did great. Our listeners are going to love learning from you. And somebody's going to be listening to this podcast and their kid will be sick in the next week or two. And they will remember the remedies that you've mentioned. And I'm sure it will help them out. Here. That'll be great. I mean, yeah. that's so important that people learn how to use these remedies and, mm-hmm. and use them and see for themselves. Mm-hmm. That is the ultimate test, isn't it? That People can use them and say, yes, this works. It really does. Thank you so much, Andrew. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. (laughs) Bye.